Hi and welcome to the Sunday Lunch Project Manager podcast for Sunday, the 9th of January 2022. Happy New Year to all of you out there. This is your host, Nigel Creaser, and today I've got the second part of my interview with Garland Colson, aka Captain Time. We're talking about productivity, which is perfect for this time of year. If you haven't heard the first one, jump in and get it. Speak to you soon. December, the 
topic of today's show, the second part of the day, first part of Captain Time and Carl Colson. And do you know what? When I go back and look back at these guys, they're a fantastic group of people. And uh, the other thing I didn't mention is that we've had actually listeners from all over the world and we picked up two new ones. Well, I don't know if it's more than you, but two of them Kenya and Singapore, which um, welcome to anyone in Kenya and Singapore. Great to, uh, to see that we're reaching out to other areas. Um, I think um, that's really the podcast has gone really well. Really enjoyed all of the clips, and we've got some great guests lined up. And all of recorded about three podcasts that are already in the bag, um, which will come out in the next few months. We've got Joel Stone and Andy Rowe from. Uh, uh, the marketing and sales guys there, a couple of guys who are lining up really well, things to be for their podcast, um, uh, Stay Holy. And uh, really got some, trying to talk about marketing in general, do this to find out but trying to focus on where us as project managers might want to think about that sell that we are doing because we're doing it all the time. And if I'm not, I've got Dale Farr from and Val Matthews, don't sorry, don't trash any uh, the Project Channel podcast guys. Um, we talk about podcast project management stuff. Really interesting chat with those guys. Um, and then I have Peter Capelli, who uh, is a professor of management, and we talk about project management and working and things like that. So those are the three at the moment, and uh, uh, more to many more to come. Uh, if you know someone who you think should be on here, would you like to join on as well for that chat? Then give me a shout. We can. On a personal note, I can look back um, over uh, what happened in the year and January, February, and we off the year deciding we to get up to the Lockdown and things like that have dragged me down a little bit. I decided to run every day and uh, ran through uh, through January and February, just one mile a day. And also, um, my friend, my friend David Jones here, June, for the just signed up to do the virtual London half marathon in um, Alongside that, I was also um, being a judge for the live annual. Uh, project awards, which is really interesting at the time. Uh, work was quite hectic and manic and busy, and unfortunately, maybe March was kind of seeing me, February, March, and I ended up being ill and off. And really made me look at everything, but I've mentioned my mental health challenges that I've had, and I've just listened to a podcast. In fact, it was John and Place he was with his mental health and the kind of feeling um, really, really unworthy of this person and feeling that he needs to do more. And it's quite, quite a scary place to get to. Uh, uh, I don't want to dwell on it too much because actually, it's been the big part of 2021 that he's been like a couple of those five months from March well, into September. Which I couldn't think of what 
time was. I know obviously this one generally was quite a hard time uh, for everyone and mental health suffers, um, especially for boys and um, Omicron and things like that. And I do really genuinely, uh, if you are feeling under uh, pressure, feeling depression or anxiety, talk to me. I put down years ago that I should go and see counselling because I had some depression issues and they had some anxiety things like that and I never got around to doing it and this year the conversations I've had, just 20 sessions and stuff, um, have really helped me contextualise and be able to spot where actually I need to step back a bit, like I said about Christmas, where I step back. Um, so, yeah, I, I urge you in general, reach out, talk to people. Um, and, and, yeah, that's it. Well, I suppose the other thing that's massive, personally, um, was running the, the London, virtual London Marathon in October. Which I've always fancied doing, it really is that kind of virtual, I've always fancied doing it. And uh, I enjoyed it. I also ran the most days, most miles that I've run in the year, so uh, it was amazing. And, uh, and uh, it was a project in itself. Um, and obviously, other things that highlights from the year was the, the launch of the book in November. Um, it's a book that I've been writing with for. 18 months. Sales have been a bit disappointing, but next year, let's see how it goes. It's pushing. Um, sometimes you just got to get it done. Yeah. It's out the door, and I know I'm in position. I know that's what I want to do. The fact that it was in paperback and hardback, um, I'm not getting the both books. Um, um, the feedback I've got from this paper really positive. Uh, and in fact, I, uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll be. Uh, harassing you about it over this year. And the other couple of things knocking around that were so shaky, I got invited to be part of the Alpina delivery experts, um, Jonathan Norman's been coming, where questions are pitched and as a little project manager, answering what we think or what we do on there. Some really interesting questions, some really interesting uh, videos, in a very short three minute videos saying what people's take on each of these different things in the profession. So, uh, pop along, search the delivery experts in, uh, in LinkedIn, probably, and have a look. It's really, really interesting stuff there. It's really quite a little bit of imposter syndrome and some of the tools with good for delivery experts. And, and the kind of final thing I did in the end of the year, which probably made, made me know what I wanted to do, um, my, my very good friends, um, uh, uh, Spud, Barry, Yeah, I'll play that, that was good fun. Because that kind of for you has been 
Running the, the virtual London Marathon in October, uh, which I've always tried to do. It really is that kind of virtual. I've always tried to do that. And uh, wow, I enjoyed it. I also ran the most days, I've, most miles I've run in a year, so uh, it was amazing. And, uh, and uh, it was a project in itself. 
And obviously, other things, the highlights from the year is the, the launch of the book in November. It's a book that I've been writing, grappling with for 18 months. Sales have been a bit disappointing, but next year, let's see how it goes. It's um, sometimes you just got to get it done. Out the door, and I know that's what I want to do. The fact that it was in paperback and hardback, um, and not everyone the both books, um, um, the feedback of the book was really positive. Um, and in fact, I, uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll be uh, harassing you about it over this year. And the other couple of things not going around that were so shaky, I got invited to be part of the Ohio delivery experts experiment John Norman's company where questions are pitched and as a project manager answering what we think about what we want to some really interesting questions some really interesting uh, videos in a very short three minute videos saying what people's take on each of these different things in the profession so uh, pop on search delivery experts in the uh, in LinkedIn probably existing and have a look it's really really interesting that there's quite a little bit of imposter syndrome and some of the genes were good for the experience. And the kind of final thing I did in the end of the year, which probably maybe you know what I wanted to do, my very good friends, um, uh, uh, Spud, Barry, Luke, Billy, and uh, uh, my brain's gone instantly wrong at the moment. Um, we're a band that I've heard from around about 20 years ago, and I've been harassing a little bit to get their di music digitised rather than just on CD, and they agreed to be doing it, and so I've got that all sorted up, which is pretty gorgeous. And uh, there's a whole bunch of music games, which I think is fantastic, but uh, um, that was really nice to do that and do a little bit of playing around and do a bit of creativeness on creating album cover, new album covers from that. Yeah, I'd play that, that was good fun. So that kind of thing has been, uh, I suppose, alongside that, just the great support from my mother and family and my girls. Kind of, that's the end of the world, strength to strength. And just trying to pull off on holidays and stuff like that. It's, it's the same as going, it's uh, like I run and I go out for a training to go for a run. It's a, a, a if it, today I went out at lunchtime and I was kind of thinking, shall I? And I think, no, I want to go out. I want to get out today. And I went out and it's quite tough and it's quite, the wind was blowing and stuff like that. But I went and did it. By the end, I was kind of okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you kind it, of got yeah, it felt it. good, yeah. you know, and yeah, yeah, and I always, I do that as well. I exercise, I go, I go for a walk every day at lunch and then I, I usually do an hour of exercise in the evenings as well. And once you get into it, you feel good and then you're happy you did yeah. it, but you've come up with all these excuses. Oh, I'm not feeling well. Maybe my big toe has a little bit of a twinge in it. You know, yeah. there's some, some reason not to do it or, you yeah, know, yeah. I'm not tired. I had a long day. No, do it anyway. You'll feel better. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think you're right. With all all of, all of these things, is getting started is the hardest, is the biggest barrier, isn't it? And then it comes down. And it I think it, it comes down to decisions too. Like one of the benefits of the way that I work, because I've already started with the outcomes and the step-by-step -step plans and the time blocks, I never have to decide what to do next because, oh, it's marketing yeah. time. Here's my 
next three top marketing things I have to do. Oh, it's content development time. Here's the next three videos I'm going to be working on creating. Oh, it's yeah. uh, product creation time. Well, here's the next three tasks with creating that product. So I, I never have to think about those things because they're already pre-planned. And that so for most sense. of us, with, uh, most people come in the morning, well, what should I work on first? And then they kind of scatter. It might be 20 minutes later, they haven't really fully engaged with anything. And I think a lot of us, I, I schedule work like you, like you do there in your calendar and remembering to schedule work in your calendar thing. The thing I, the email thing I do slightly different, I, I, a technique that I picked up on was doing it. I do it three times a day, but only for half an hour yep. and I hit and, and I'll just hit through it and I'll go, right, deal with, deal with, deal with, right. I, I can't deal with that now. I'll schedule that in my diary. Right. So I schedule it some, I have a block in my diaries where I've got focus time or I've got dealing with finance say and or emails or whatever and i'll just throw those into that block and i'll put them all in my diary using outlooks tools to put um yep. an appointment with it attached to it and then just at that time i go and do that work and i've got my list of tasks there in my calendar just bang first email deal with all right i've got a bit longer with that whereas as you say with some of the other stuff and it does mean that you can hammer through that email list and either have actioned it or scheduled it deleted it or whatever um and and it works so well i find doing it that way because it just the, the number of times you keep stuff in your inbox going oh, i'll do that later and i've got it there. but if you get it out of your inbox because it doesn't need to be in your inbox right. and it just it uses cpu next time you look in your inbox doesn't it, it kind of you go in there going oh i've got to do that but actually once you've moved it into your diary well it's in your diary there it's, it's that getting things done concept isn't it of, of um uh, once you've put it in your diary well your brain doesn't need to think about it anymore you once you put it, it in the right anymore. place back yeah. in the old days of paper paper uh, you know mm. I, hopefully we're all in a paperless office now right but back in the old days of paper uh it was studies had proven that on average if you had a piece of paper in your desk you'd pick it up and look at it three times before you dealt with it so it was just yeah. a, you're, you're shuffling through it but the same thing happens with emails where you know how many times you yeah. look at that email before you deal with it and then when you finally deal with it maybe it only took you five minutes and you go well why did i let that sit there for ages i mean i come to inbox zero every day you know my my inbox is zero uh, yeah. Because as you say, if it needs to be scheduled, it goes into my task program. If it needs to, if it needs deeper work than a quick answer, once I've answered it, it's archived. It, it comes yeah. out of there. And I see people with 10,000 emails in their inbox and I go, how do you ever find anything? And search can find anything. So it doesn't need to be in your inbox. You can archive. And, no, and I, I don't I, file I little bits either. You don't need to be creating, you know, exhaustive structures of folders and subfolders to put the emails in because you can search. Yeah, and I, I kind of I have a, a, a say so say I've got certain projects or certain engagements that I'm in. I'll put things in there, and I might have a few things underneath those, but that's as deep as I will go with it. Um, the the thing that and, and again I talk about it is, is about copied emails. Mm -hmm. It was my first big bugbear, and the first thing that I say to people is that if you want to improve um, your time and how much you've got there, is stop reading emails basically. So emails that you're copied on, you don't read them. Yes. You take them. I put a rule on Outlook. It moves them into my copied folder and it marks them as read. Yeah. Now, occasionally, people have sent me stuff that they wanted me to read, but they shouldn't have copied me. No. Uh, no, you yeah, shouldn't be the primary person in the T yeah, section. And, yeah. and, and too I've many got... people hit reply all and not everybody needs to see exactly. every little and that's comment. What, that's why I do it. That's why I do it. And, and I, I remember the first time I did it, um, it was... It was scary 
because I, I didn't look in that box until the end of the day. And there was like 20, 30 emails on all on the same topic. And I'm thinking, oh, God, what have I missed here? Jumped into the end of it and it said, all done. And I'm like, oh, that's okay. So it thanks everyone. And I kind of went back through the emails to, to see what it was. And I say, I've said before, I kind of maybe polishing my ego a little bit. I thought by the time I got to it, I realized I would have, I would have got involved as soon as I'd seen the email. I would have got involved and I polished my ego a bit. I might have made it go a bit quicker. Um, I might have made a more elegant solution to whatever they did. But actually, the real situation was I wasn't needed to solve that problem. Right. I was redundant to that piece of conversation. The team did it. And I didn't need to be there. And that probably saved me an hour. And too so often. I had an hour doing something else. And too often, companies send out things, FYI, for your information that you really don't need to know. And, and they're guilty of that in meetings, too. Too often, they bring yeah. in a whole bunch of people for a meeting, and then the focus of three quarters of the meeting is a problem in one department that doesn't affect the rest. So that should have been done at the department meeting, not at a general meeting with, you know, with yeah. representatives from all the departments and everybody else is just sitting there doing nothing, yeah. you know, wasting time. And, yeah. and we, we end up going down rabbit holes, don't you? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you could, you could sit there and go, right. That's needs that, 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 right. You two need to talk about it. Good. Go on then. Talk about it later. We'll park that. I, I heard the concept of the parking lot. I love the parking lot when you're at workshops and, and things like that, where you're going, that's not about this meeting. It needs deeper conversation. It needs you to go away and solve it. Yep. Don't, don't, we won't solve it in here where everyone else picks up their phone and starts checking their emails yep. uh, and then losing interest in there. Actually, what we do is get you out of the room. You go and do that later. We finish off the meeting. We finish 15 minutes earlier yep. and then everyone can get off and do something more constructive. Oh, and, and meetings are brutal. I, I did a training session for a team that worked for a, a large, a fairly large company. And uh, they said they had six meetings a day. And I'm going, how are you doing any work? If you have six meetings a day, plus prep time for those meetings, yeah. plus any follow-up time from the meetings, six meetings, there's no work time left. I mean, that's it. You're done. Like, um, And they were having meetings because people weren't replying to emails about tasks or wasn't being updated in their task management system. So they were having meetings where everybody would then tell where all the tasks were at, which is a total waste for everybody else not not needed for that task yeah. so uh, yeah they, they had really brutally messed up their their time system for their I, team yeah i i see with things like that and i obviously uh in my my career with as a project manager i've seen it where getting information out of the, other people um in a um timely and uh qualitative manner can be a right pain in the backside and you end up having the way I've done it before now, you put those meetings, those kind of conversations in place as a temporary stopgap to coach people in what you want them to do and make a, um, a situation where you can, um, what's, what's the word I'm thinking of here, um, where you can get the, uh, the individuals to learn what they need to do yeah it's a trainable mo moment like yeah so yeah. so they get better with that and that, that makes a lot of sense and, and then step back from it but problem is is that we all do it i've done it where we set those up and we all get comfortable with those meetings yeah and those conversations and they stay there whereas actually once the people know what the information you need as the person to do it and i i, I jira tickets i don't know if jira boards and things like that 
I see things and memes on LinkedIn and Facebook about, yeah, pictures of project managers with their head in their hand, uh, project manager waiting for Jira ticket updates at the end of the week or something like that. And it's like for your visual management boards and things like that. And you kind of go, I can empathize with that. And then that what it ends up is you've got to coach people to do those things and do it in a timely and efficient manner in order for you not to have those meetings. Yes, and, and it, they replace much of what's done in the meetings. And, and yeah. I teach the same thing. Mainly, I'm working with people with task management systems, not full-blown project management systems, but yeah. the idea is the same. Update yeah. the task in the comments tell them where you are, change the status to blocked if you're waiting to hear back from something or change, make yep. sure the status level says awaiting approval or whatever it needs to. And then your supervisor can go through, um, make a comment, you know, change the status, do those kinds of things. And you never have to have a meeting on it. It's all done asynchronously. You didn't have to interrupt both sets of people. And you can save the meetings for things that are truly needed, such as brainstorming sessions for major problems, or you know, where you do need a solution to a problem, and you can bring only the people needed there, rather than everybody else waiting while somebody's getting updated and all the tasks that that yeah. Sam was doing, and what Sam was doing doesn't affect any of my projects. So. Yeah, and you, and I think the the, the next thing, and, I, and I've seen this before, where whatever tools you're using, and invariably it ends up being bleeding spreadsheet, uh, but. Um, you need to get away from that, but sometimes that's where you are. And the MI out of any of those systems for the, for the chain upwards or the people who are reporting or, or, or viewing it is one of the key bits there. Because um, if you, the worst, most frustrating thing for an individual, if you're putting information into a system and then the people who are using that information can't get at it or can't get it in, in a manner that they can use it. So they have to come to you anyway and talk to you about it. Yeah. That just that's like setting everybody's head on fire well and then you're doing double double the work because yeah. you're doing the entire update all the reporting information is there yeah. if they could look at it now they should have access to it and maybe they don't understand it or maybe they're not using the system and that sometimes happens yeah. with management people who are not used to working with a certain system but that's yeah. where the training needs to come in and the culture of we update the system we work with that system. The system is how we save time. The system's how we get things done. The system is how we don't have to have meetings that waste everybody's time. And if people don't get with the system, sometimes you have to take remedial action <laughs> for those people, uh, which up yeah. to and including you know, training, cool. coaching, firing if need be, if you've got somebody yeah. who refuses to update the system, uh, no matter how, how good they are, in some cases, you, you just have to do that. And when people realize... Well, yeah that this is the way then then it can work and 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 performance management is, is a big problem that that isn't done because what ends up happening is that that whole point of having that big meeting to get everyone in to do it is because what one person isn't doing it right yes or two people yes it's and, it's a small yeah. fraction that aren't doing it most people are going to adhere to what you ask them to do and they will do what you ask them to do but there are a small percentage that, and then you go right okay so everyone's rubbish so we do it this way and organizationally that just doesn't doesn't make sense does it and you're and you're penalizing your best people and your best people are the ones who have options your best people are always the ones who can leave who can go find other work yeah, your your yeah. your borderline iffy people are the ones who are probably not as likely to be snapped up by another company or they're not going to be yeah. as as aggressive or as good in an interview or don't don't have as good a resume but your best people yeah. they're being headhunted so you want to make sure that you're not penalizing your best people just because of the pace of the yeah. of, of your worst people 
yeah and, and that's the kind of thing that will um uh, lead you to to them being having their heads turned not necessarily having them search but have their heads turned in it so thinking about project managers obviously as all managers jobs are to some extent but we as project managers think we have a special um part of this is spinning plates scenario is that you you have multiple priorities you have at times conflicting to the extreme priorities uh, from different stakeholders because it's not it's not often that you're setting your own priorities there's there's either organizational priorities that we and it's the stakeholder management side of it and priorities how do you uh, advise I'm, I'm guessing that you've you've worked with project management groups as well and advise them how, how do you advise them with dealing with that priority that that difficulty of where do i manage my time with those conflicting priorities well one of the a few different little tricks one of the first tricks is i often focus on the things i can delegate first instead of the high priority work that i do myself because if i get all the delegatable tasks out of the way then the other people are working for me they're getting those things done mm. That then, then I can work on the important tasks yeah, I have. Leverage, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yes, it's it's leverage, as you say. So that way, I'm only left with the the tasks only I can do. And yes, I have multiple, maybe stakeholders, multiple plates. And again, I put that down to time blocking. Um, mm -hmm. I have a set block of time for each of my clients. You know, each of the stakeholders I'm working for, each of the projects I'm working for, and I make sure no one project breaks out of that block into the other one. Yeah. So I get as much done as I can in each one and move through them. I have another trick I do when I'm way behind or if I was sick or if I just got back from holidays, but I call it the carousel technique. And that is I hit each project for 15 minutes each and get like the worst thing I can or the most delegatable thing out. And that way I've touched every project at least so I know what's going on. And then yeah. I can after that invest the more of the pomodoros or more of the 30 minute or one hour blocks after that but that's a technique just for you know you just got back from holidays you need to touch all your projects 15 minutes on each one just to see where things are at so that that's a couple things but the time blocking is the big one and and delegating first is a technique most people forget because all your other some of your other staff are waiting for work and and yes you're what you're working on is really important but if they're all waiting for work then you're wasting their time and you're wasting your company's money because you're paying people that, that can't get the work done and then if you get them their work late then the project's late and you've held yeah. you've held everybody else up yeah and, and that's something i've always is we are stewards of our organizational's funds and actually quite often we some people worry about what other people are doing and in, in the team and make sure and spend a lot of time making sure the team got work etc but don't look at themselves and look about whether they're um, using the time that they have in the most productive way for the organization. So that leverage comment I made before is where I, I come from it, is that if you've got a team of 20 people, making sure that team of 20 people are um, being the most efficient they can be is probably a priority for you. Yes, especially and if you're if you're in management, if you yeah. uh, if they report to you, yes, performance management's key. And unfortunately, most of us only yell at people when something goes wrong or a performance yeah. review comes up once a year, and then we scramble oh, to get a performance review done when we've done no coaching throughout the year. So I, when I was supervising people, I would set up a block of time for performance management each week, yeah. where I would coach people every week, talk to them every week, chat about their career plans, and so 
that performance review should never be a surprise ever. Like no. a good performance review or a bad performance review should never be a shock because that person should have been coached every week leading up to that. Yeah, and the, and the thing is, it's, it's, it's crazy that most time feedback ends up being negative because what we should be doing is going there and go, right, that person's doing this and it's brilliant. I want them to carry on doing it. If you don't tell them, they don't know. No, no. You, you especially they, yeah. your best people too are the ones who, who yeah. are often never get feedback because you tend to give them all the hard work too. You, you often yeah. give them more than your, and so sometimes you overload your best people and drive them out and then you're stuck with the poor performers. And yeah. instead of coaching the poor performers to come up to that level or hire somebody else who will perform at that level. Yeah, and, yeah, and just balance to, it all. Yeah. Yeah. And just happy words, as you say, a little bit of pra praise publicly and, and criticize privately is, of course, always the key thing, too, is, you know, yeah. uh, catch, catch people doing something good and, and rave about it, you know, tell them about yeah. it. And yeah, so they, and the, the, the thing I heard was always to, um, feedback is, 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 is data. <laughs> yes. You know I mean, that's all it is. It's, it's, you, that's great. Keep on doing it. That's not so great. Can you change it? And, and, and sometimes we build up both of them to be this massive um, fanfare or, or whatever. Yep. And you kind of, yeah, you, you march people in chains into your office to tell, give them some feedback or whatever. But it's not, it's not, it's just like, when you do that, it's pain. Can you do it different? When yeah. you do that, it's great. Can you do the same? And it's very easy to do. And it's, I, it's very easy to do and hard at the same time, because I know that myself, because remembering to catch the good performance um i've got my two kids and praising them and telling them off is something you kind of got to balance haven't you and it's it's <laughs> yes. always there and praising them for the right things and saying thank you for doing things the way that you asked them to and and um I, i'm not saying that people are children i'm what i'm saying is that people are people we all like positive and negative we we all need both positive and we crave positive feedback but also we want to know when we can be better I think we do anyway. Is there um, anything that you would say was like um, in, in your career, looking at time management tooling and things like that? And we talked about a bit about techniques. Is there any sort of tools that you would say, these are the, my go-to tools that I would go, right, this, you need something like this, something like this, and something like this. Yes, and it's more categories of tools rather than a specific mm -hmm. tool, because there's no one tool to rule them all. And I don't have some $3,000 tool I can sell you at, at the end of this for, you know, only $1,500. I probably should, but there's so many great you, you, tools you'd have thought you'd have had, you, you thought you'd have done that. <laughs> at, at great pricing, prices, so you don't need it. So one of, uh, key thing is some sort of a task or project management system, which of course you're very familiar with uh, in your field, but you need a place to hold tasks. So I like to think of these as buckets places to hold things, need a place to hold tasks, need some system to hold and retrieve notes. Uh, you know, it could be something like Microsoft OneNote or something like that, it doesn't matter. And again, it doesn't matter what system, as long as you can easily do that. Uh, also, you need some, some automation tools as well or are becoming more and more key. I'm a real fan of text expanders. Uh, I use text expanders a lot for sales letters, uh, support replies, uh, proposals. Uh, if you were to ask me what the URL is for my coaching, I could send it to you in chat just by typing you coach and it would drop in the url so i don't have to type the whole thing or go oh so i never have to open something up copy and paste it it's basically i can just insert it with a few keystrokes so these kinds of tools are, are key a calendar good calendar of course is is key something like 
Google Calendar or Outlook or doesn't, and again, doesn't matter what you use and, and the ability to integrate them somewhat uh, like the booking we did for this session yeah. automatically uh, booked, uh, you know, through one system, but it also booked into my Google Calendar. It also created the Zoom link. So I didn't have yeah. to do any of that. So there's no manual stuff here. We just booked it and then got together. So it made it. And there's quite, there's quite a lot of free stuff to do that out there as well. Oh, there's yeah, tons. Sort of so you don't need yeah. to, you don't need to be paying a lot for this stuff either, which yeah. is great. So yeah, I, I'm all about the tools, but I never push people into any one tool because people have different learning styles as well. So <laughs> someone who's very visual, might like a Kanban system like Trello, uh, other yep. people are more very, more what I would call grid or you know, it's almost spreadsheet based and all the databases are really just spreadsheets at their core as as, as anybody knows uh, in the field rows and but columns just, just different pretty forms and, and ways to input stuff and pull stuff out is really really all it is but yeah and whatever visual one resonates so i usually show about two or three different types to a client and ask them what one resonates yeah. with them have them work it for for a few weeks and then if there's something lacking i say well what's awkward about this and then we can look for uh, another solution but just just working with any good good task management system for example will help you be more organized so. brilliant okay well i think we're, we're coming towards the end of our uh, our hour here um if people want to find out more about captain time and uh his hat <laughs> as you can see on the if you're watching on the video it's uh, you can see it in the background there, there is, yeah. um yeah um what, what where do where do they go and what what can they uh, what can they get best place is to visit uh my website at captaintime.com and of course that has links to all the all the other areas as well um has links to my youtube channel where i post a lot of a lot of interesting videos and things like that. Okay. I am also the founder of an online, a free online business community called Bizmentum, B-I-Z-M-E-N-T-U-M.com. Uh, if you want to check that out as well, another good way to good way to connect with me. But th those would be the best ways, website, uh, YouTube, and, and Bizmentum. So. Okay, brilliant. Well, thank you very much, Captain Time. Um, I have a brilliant rest of your day and uh, uh, look after yourself. Thanks. Great meeting you, Nigel. And thanks so much for having me on the show. Brilliant. Cheers. Okay. Bye for now. Bye. Thanks to Garland for his time. Uh, I hope that you all found um, that, uh, no pun intended, by the way, by that time. I hope you all found that a fantastic second part to the interview. You can listen to the first part if you missed it. Grab it. Um, uh, from the uh, podcast list and uh, that's it really so thank you very much and have a good rest of 2022 a productive one well thanks for listening i hope you enjoyed it if you did if you can share and like it on social media with all your colleagues and friends i would be delighted uh, alternative, if you've got a bit of time, a review, five stars if you will, on any of your uh, podcasting services that you listen to us on. If you feel like throwing some money towards us, uh, the easiest way is to grab one of the copy of my books available on Amazon. Um, if you jump onto logicpeace.com, you'll need to find you under the shop section there, uh, which has also got a list of a link to all of the um, books that I've spotted with my guests uh, over the years and uh, clicking on those, I've got a little kickback from 
Amazon, which is quite nice. If you just want to buy me a coffee, you can jump on Patreon. That's Patreon is nice and wonderful. If you want to get in touch, uh, the quickest way is really through any of the social medias um, or just send uh, idiot at nigelpreset.com or whatever you like at nigelpreset.com. But I'm I'm around on LinkedIn, uh, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, all the the handles pretty much of something like DM. So get in touch, let me know what you think. Let me know what you'd like to see on the show, hear on the show, who you'd like to be in touch with. But more importantly, come back next time uh, and listen to the next interview. Thanks. Look after yourself. Bye. Well, it's goodbye from me, Nigel Creaser, and it's goodbye from him, the Sunday Lunch PM. Goodbye. <laughs>